2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome.
3: Welcome to Warrior's Wrap-Up. Adlon Curry takes another three. It's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, a game. Wiseman off the pick, and he flies in for a dunk. Jab home by Oubre. He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. Here's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Covey. Curry off the screen by Wiseman. Bounce past Wiseman. Down the lane. Over ball, and he reached up and slammed it down. He took off from the broken circle and said, not tonight, young man. I've got this one. Yeah, one of the bright spots for the Warriors tonight as they lose
2: to the Nuggets 114 to 104. We welcome you into Warriors wrap up here on 95-7 the game. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. 8 957 957 957 9570. That's the phone number to give us a shout. Warriors now 6-6 six and six on the season and Covey, th- this game uh, really other than Stephen Curry and his 35 point outburst in 37 minutes this game felt an awful lot to me like the first two games of the season and, and Steph and, and maybe a little bit of James Wiseman prevented it from being an ugly blowout. Maybe the Nuggets just aren't quite good enough right now to blow anybody out as they they still sort through some of their early season issues, but it was just a bad vibe for the Warriors pretty much from the jump in this one. Not a lot of defense, not a lot of physicality, sloppy play across the board, and a loss that I think was was worse than the 10-point the margin would, would look on paper. Yeah,
1: they got out of the gates real slow, J.D., and and they didn't look like they were into this game, really, until into the second quarter, uh, and, and at that point, you know, they had already fallen behind, and, um, you know, the Nuggets, every time the Warriors would make a little run, the Nuggets would have the answer, and uh, so, yeah, the Warriors didn't deserve to win this game, and I would agree with you, the 10-point, you know, final margin uh, doesn't really tell the whole story, and Steph Curry... Had a good game scoring wise, but he uh, he didn't have his best game defending either. And I mean, just collectively, the Warriors turning the ball over, getting back cut on left and right. The defense was was bad. And, uh, and so, this is what happens when, when you don't show up at either end of the floor, really. Uh, a team like the Nuggets will put it to you.
2: Yeah, and the Warriors got it put to them tonight uh, 114 to 104. Also, looks like this might be a good time, and we talked about this on Warriors Live. It feels like this team is a little bit gassed. And uh, Look, I don't want to put it all on uh, the altitude or or, or or a lot of games basically every other day here, uh, going all the way back to the beginning of, of the new year with, with the back-to-back mixed in there with, with the Portland and Sacramento games that first weekend of the year. But it feels like this team, over the course of the game against Indiana and, and really for the most part tonight, was just in kind of a – Kind of a malaise, kind of a a sluggish output. Uh, And as you look ahead, and I know we'll look ahead a lot here. Uh, over the course of the next hour but it just it just felt like it feels like the Warriors are at a point where they've gotten through this first stage of the year and now they need to hit the pause button briefly get rested up look at what's gone well look at what maybe needs to be corrected and and almost come out Monday and, and look at it as a new segment uh, of this season uh, albeit they're going to be playing the Los Angeles Lakers when they take the floor on Monday night, though.
1: <laughs> so there's that. Uh, the schedule does ease up a bit after that. By my count, five of the next seven games after that Lakers game are, are in my estimation, certainly gettable. Um, but regardless, whether you're playing the Lakers or you're playing the Timberwolves, uh, you need to start faster. You need to have uh, just a better team game across the board. They didn't have it tonight. And you know, maybe J.D. Uh, they that lost to Indiana the other night didn't get there attention. The way it should have, um, because look, the, there was a lot of good vibes around this team. You know, the four and three homestand and. I don't, know, I don't know if they were feeling themselves a little bit or, or what it was, but, um, you know, bottom line, this team needed a reminder that they really haven't accomplished much of anything. I mean, you know, it's it's been a, a, a solid start, and, and there's certainly some positives to take away from it. But by and large, uh, you know, the key in the NBA is a, a consistent game and a consistent effort every night. And this team, I think it's it's a good reminder for Warriors fans and, and for all of us that this is still a work in progress. Guys are still finding their roles and uh, how everything fits here. So. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be a little clunky and there'll be some nights like this. They're not the first team to go into Denver and, and take a loss. Uh, you know, Denver's Denver's a good team and, you know, they've been playing better lately and it's that altitude and all that. So um, it's, a, it's, a rem- it's a sobering reminder where this team's at and, and really how far they still have to go uh, if they want to be where they hope to get to.
2: This is the first night for me in in the twelve games where it felt like they just they just didn't show up. I felt like the first two games they weren't good enough. I, I, I thought tonight they just they just didn't bring it. Now look if if you're Saying that, and we're talking about it once every 12 games as this thing continues, I, I think the Warriors are, are going to be ahead of the game in that department still. Uh, a yeah. <laughs> big picture compared to a lot of other teams in the league. I mean, there, there are teams that that bring that kind of effort or lack thereof three, four, five, six times in 12 games. And, and some of those teams are among even the better teams in the league because they know they can get away with it. Uh, but, yeah, it just – the the turnovers, the physicality, the defense, the rebounding tonight. I mean, you look at, at Steph Curry, 35 points, and, and you alluded to not a whole lot else. He did have 11 boards but seven turnovers. And tonight was a night where he and Draymond Green, the Warriors are always going to go as those two go. And yeah. they had twelve turnovers combined tonight, and 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 it was the, the kinds of turnovers that used to make Steve Kerr in the in the heyday of the Warriors going to NBA Finals. It would just drive him crazy. A lot of just just really careless, sloppy, bad passes, trying to do too much or trying to get a little bit too cute. It, it was an yeah. ugly twelve turnovers for those two tonight.
1: Yeah, no, totally, and and there's two ty- types of turnovers for me in the NBA. There's types that come from great defense. And those are the kind of turnovers that you live with. And then there's the unforced error variety, and it was more of those. I mean, the Nuggets uh, aren't gonna uh, aren't gonna be mistaken for a team with a, a stout defensive identity, uh, you know, anytime soon. Um, you know, they're they're known for their craftiness offensively, and, and they certainly brought it tonight. Um, but yeah, it's the unforced errors for the Warriors and. They did, you know, a couple times, they got it down to six. I think they maybe even got it down to five at one point, and, and they flirted with getting back into this game a few times. Heck, you know, Wiggins had a, a corner three. If that would have gone in, it would have been a seven point game with a couple minutes to go. Um, but it's it still you never got the feeling that the Warriors were gonna make a real run and, and you know close out within a you know a bucket or anything like that, and, and they weren't able to do it. So um, you you give the Nuggets credit, but regardless of anything the Nuggets did, totally independent of anything on the Denver side of things tonight, the Warriors can look in the mirror and they can look to a man and say this type of effort isn't going to get it done if we want to be a playoff team. It's just, it's simply not going to cut it. The West is too deep. These teams are too good, and this team just doesn't have enough top-end firepower to be lackadaisical on the defensive end. If you were going to beat the the Nuggets tonight, you needed to beat them 104-103, right? I mean, it just, you needed to have a better defensive effort. You needed to protect the Rock. Then, you know, your lack of scoring depth behind Steph Curry doesn't become uh, so pronounced and, 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 you know, ultimately, you know, the reason why you can't come back, it's You didn't defend enough tonight. That's why you lost.
2: What did you think of Draymond Green tonight? He just didn't look right. He didn't look right physically you know, to me. It, it looked like maybe the altitude was bothering him. Obviously, he's been dealing with the, the COVID issues going back to, to the entry into training camp uh, and wasn't ready to go. And I know Steve Kerr, a big part of the, the first couple of games, and him not playing with Steve Kerr talking about conditioning. I It looked like he was really getting there on the home stand, but sometimes playing in Denver can be a whole new level of of getting there. But he just... He just didn't look right. He didn't look healthy, frankly, tonight. He looked like he was he was maybe I don't know seventy percent uh, at best, and then not playing well at seventy percent. Uh, what what do you think of Dre tonight?
1: Yeah, I felt it, and I'll say this. I mean, it's it was reflective in the number of minutes he played. I mean, he played his fewest minutes tonight since uh, that he had since the Sacramento game, and the reason that he only played 21 in the Sacramento game is because that thing was on ice in the fourth quarter, so him and Steph were, you know, hanging on the bench, waving the towel for the second unit. So, um, yeah, 25 minutes only played tonight. I, I just... I mean, at some point, and look, we know enough about Draymond Green and the contributions he's going to make on the defensive end, and and you know the ball movement, and he did end up with seven assists tonight. But you got to get some some scoring from Draymond Green for him to just be you know a net loss just from a scoring standpoint. Because you could you could overcome that JD when you're rolling with Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson uh, out there with Steph. But when it's Andre, uh, you know Andrew Wiggins and and Kelly Oubre uh, out there with Steph, it's just a little different, and and I I guess. You know, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but you just wonder, you know, how much is that going to affect the Warriors going forward where you don't get anything from Draymond. I'm talking even back in the day, get you 10, 12 points on a given night, give you 17, 18. I mean, you basically get nothing from the guys to the point where he won't even shoot the basketball uh, a lot of nights anymore. And I don't know. I, it kind of is what it is at this point, but I just I don't know how sustainable that's going to be for their, for their offense if you get, like, no scoring from Draymond. You got get
2: some scoring. He's just got to be a threat. He's got to be a threat, and he's got to be a tone setter, uh, and, and I think the tone setter aspect of it goes both ways. But but being a threat can can still mean that you're not shooting it a lot. But you got to be a threat to put the ball in the basket. You gotta you gotta drive one. I mean, there there was a play where you know, the Warriors uh, ran their stuff, and and Draymond got it on a drive, and it looked like it should have been an easy layup for him. And he tried to he tried to fling it to Wiseman, and Wiseman looked like he wasn't expecting it, and and he rushed a layup up and missed it. Probably should have gone up and tried to dunk it, but it but it almost half looked like Wiseman didn't think Draymond was going to hit him. Uh and and it just that was maybe the play of the night for Draymond where I thought, "Man, I just just take it in and finish it yourself." It 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 almost at times and this is not something that that's been an issue tonight, uh but it, throughout the the early going of this season, like the Warriors are trying to force it a little bit to Wiseman. Like they're trying to get him going and rather than just put it up over the rim where he can go up and jam it they 're they 're trying to wing it into him where he 's got to actually catch it and then and then make the move or or right. take the shot on his own, sometimes having to, to, to gather himself in order to do that where if they put that ball up over the rim and, and he goes and gets it it 's probably going to be a dunk or the, or the defender is going to foul him so that just it just looks like they 're missing opportunities. Uh, to to either in in Draymond's case there to take the layup himself, but on plays where Wiseman is uh, you know collapsing toward the rim, put it up there and let the big man go get it and throw it down over the top of somebody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Once they figure out that lob game, like Wiseman, I feel like will take off offensively and. You still see these flashes every night, JD. Um, but it's it's raw, right? I mean, he's you, you can tell there's upside galore there, but he's he's still such a, an unfinished product, and it's totally understandable, of course. But yeah, I, I, having him, you know, when when he gets the ball down on the block, having to put the ball on the floor or run a bunch of pump fakes, or when he's you know when he's still moving towards the basket and and you throw it, you know, not up but like more at his waist, and and then he's got to catch and, and figure out what to do with it, either you know try and get this guy moving up in the air, put a, you know, dribble or even look to pass. It's like, no, no, no. Put that ball up above the rim. Like you said, get the lob game going. Just let him go up and do his thing. Like there's really only one or two centers in the NBA that have the blend of size and athleticism that James Wiseman possesses. Uh, and so the, the Warriors can make teams pay in that respect. They just got to kind of get comfortable doing it. And I still feel like there's a little bit of of frantic pace to the Warriors' offense. And and this is when they come out of the half-court set. Like, when they're when they're free-flowing and they're getting stops, they're getting out and playing in transition. Like, Weissman's tailor-made for that. We know that's Draymond's game as well. He's, you know, he's going to usually make the high IQ play, make the right play, make the extra pass, you know, and we've seen that when the Warriors are at their best. But when they're playing in the half-court and they're just trying to break a defense down, um, you're right, they, they still haven't quite figured out how to get Weissman going. It's coming, JD. I do feel like that because, again, even tonight there was a few plays. You know, he dunks, you know, on Joker, and uh, you can still just see it. Like, oh yeah, we're we'll get there uh, for James Wiseman, but it's going to be a work in progress, and and they still got to figure some things out. There's no question.
2: 888 957 9570 It's Warriors wrap-up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey on 95.7 the game. We're going to be with you here until eleven o'clock. Nuggets beat the Warriors 114-104. Uh, Rough start in this one for Golden State, 37-24 at the end of the first quarter. Warriors didn't bring it defensively. Ten turnovers in the first half, uh, three apiece for Curry and Draymond at that point. They went on to have 12 total turnovers between the two of them. Uh, Denver was all over the offensive glass in the first half, and the Nuggets bench in the first half outscored the Dubs 25-16, something that has been a strength for the Warriors They got it put to them tonight by uh, that Denver bench, and we were talking about it before the game. The the, the Denver bench was uh, a little bit maligned coming into this one, but uh, starting to find themselves a, a little bit more of late.
1: Yeah, Morris. He's a, a really nice backup to Jamal Murray. Um, he, he's he's fast and uh, he's certainly a willing shooter. He didn't hit any of his threes, but he had, he was attacking the bucket. He had his mid range going. Uh, obviously, Jermichael Green's been around forever, and you know he's he looked terrific. He he can hit that three, and um, it, that's a look. If if the Nuggets are going to go somewhere, Jermichael Green's going to need to be a big part of it. And I think he's been one of the uh, the real bright spots for them so far this year. Uh, and obviously, with them uh, with them missing Porter Junior. Right right now um, and they lost some personnel in the off season guys like Jeremy Grant moving on um, you know they're still trying to figure this out but yeah the, I, I thought coming in i'm like oh yeah this bench it's advantage golden state warriors the way that these guys have been playing but you look up and you know Damian Lee only had 2 points tonight Mulder you know only only hit a 3 Eric Pascal didn't get to double figures tonight he was only 2 of 9 um, so yeah, just it wasn't a good enough effort for the Warriors bench group tonight. And you know, guys like Looney, minus 17. I thought Bazemore, uh, really struggled tonight. You know, he, he turned the rock over three times. He was a minus 14. So again, it's, it's not on any one player. I mean, this JD for me, this is total, this is a team loss. You know what I mean? Like nobody was good enough tonight. And even on a night where Steph Curry goes for 35. He did enough things that hurt the flow of the offense turning the ball over as well that he would even tell you it wasn't his best game when it was all said and done. So it's a it's a look in the mirror type game. It's a you know, this is you know, go ahead and use this in his uh, exhibit A of, of how the Warriors uh, don't want to play basketball and hopefully you can be better against the Lakers uh, on Monday. You got a couple days to think about it and get better.
2: Yeah, season high nineteen turnovers for the Warriors as they fall to six and six on the season. Now two and three on the road. First road game for the Dubs in two thousand and twenty-one. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. If you want to weigh in on this one, as the Warriors lose one fourteen to one hundred four, we'll go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, coming up here uh, momentarily, uh, and. Actually, let let's go ahead and hear from the head coach, the Warrior Steve Kerr, uh, right now. Actually, uh, Kerr addressed a number of different things, and including just uh, the bad defensive effort and and how it can uh, impact the offense as well.
4: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I think a lot of times the game sort of travels in the direction of your your engagement, your effort at the defensive end. You know, there's kind of a karma to the game. If you're not fighting, you're not competing. For whatever reason, shots tend to not go down. You know, maybe you don't get calls. Whatever you got to, you got to earn a victory in this league. It's hard to win in the NBA. We didn't earn anything tonight.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, and that's something that that Steve Kerr would bring up a lot. Uh, even when the Warriors were contending for championships, sometimes they'd get bit because they didn't bring the the right mentality to the game, and and it would almost uh, be a little bit of basketball karma and I, I think that was in play tonight for the Warriors they, they didn't bring the right spirit into, into this game and, and really uh, it, it was a big reason why maybe some of the shots or some of the, the, the poor offense followed uh, the, the way that they were playing on the other end
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's typically, you know, this is something that I go back to because it's, it's a constant with Steve Kerr. Warriors don't play well. Uh, he's going to look to the turnovers and he's going to look to the defensive effort because when you're getting defensive stops, you're, you're playing good defense. He knows as well as anybody. That's what feeds this warriors offensive machine. So, um, those two things are, are completely intertwined. Uh, and when you're not bringing it on the defensive end, you're not getting out, you're not getting those easy buckets in transition. Things don't really have a flow to it. Uh, and then, you know, you, you tend to have to grind it out playing a lot more half court. Uh, and so it, it, Steve Kerr knows that as well as anybody. And then given a team like the Nuggets extra possessions, you know, getting beat on the glass and then turning the ball over uh, and giving them extra possessions that way, uh, that's only going to hurt you as well. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's basically basketball 101. Um, and, you know, it, look, it, I, I realize that Draymond Green and Steph Curry, uh, in particular, accomplished veterans, they're champions. But by and large, you know, this is still, uh, you know, a lot of these guys don't have a ton of Experience and they certainly don't have a ton of experience playing together yet. So um, there's there's going to be a few bumps in the road like this. You just hope as you move along in the season, um, you know these these games like this are are few and far between. And I agree with you, JD. Like this was the first time that they really kind of didn't show up and didn't bring it uh, in a game that they probably could have won had they brought a little bit more effort. So um, you know, one out of twelve ain't bad in that respect. Uh, But either way, this is certainly going to be categorized as a, a night where they didn't have enough, they didn't deserve to win, and guess what? They didn't win.
2: No, and and any night the Warriors struggle, uh, obviously attention will be turned to Stephen Curry and Draymond Green, but attention also going to be turned toward... Kelly Oubre Jr. and Andrew Wiggins. And tonight was not the best night for either of those two again. I think in particular, Kelly Oubre, even on the nights where the Warriors do win, I mean, he has drawn the ire of, of the Warrior fan base right now. And another rough one for him, although he did knock down three three-pointers, but that was it for him on the night. A three for 10, 14 points, uh, just uh, just it's just not enough right now right. for him and uh, Wiggins I think tonight didn't make a three but the biggest problem for Wiggins is the missed layups I mean he he clanked three or four layups uh, that that should have been that should have been easy money for him in the ball game tonight and sometimes he just he has games every every so often uh, and I know we've praised him a lot he's played well. Uh, after the first couple of games, but there are games where he just he just looks like he's a little out of it and and tonight was one of those games for him and, and you know I know teams always try to force him left uh because yeah. he's not as good going to his left, but tonight he even had a couple of opportunities driving to his right with with some some layups that needed to be finished and he and he just couldn't get it done it was a it was a rough rough watch for both Wiggins and newbray tonight yeah
1: uh, Wiggins, we got disinterested Wiggins tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And he'll he'll for me get the benefit of the doubt more than Kelly Oubre at this point. I mean, let's let's just take this for what it is for a second, JD. Kelly Oubre played thirty minutes of basketball tonight. And he had two shots, two field goal attempts inside the three-point arc. Knowing that he's a guy that struggled beyond the arc, and I know he hit a couple tonight, but the fact that he's not putting the ball on the floor and being in attack mode and looking to get into the paint and dunk and, and, and get out in transition, move his feet, back cut, moving off the ball. I mean, there was so much of guys just kind of standing around. I mean, even when they'd run a high pick and roll, like, you know, you look around, there's a guy standing in the corner. There's another guy standing on the wing. Guys just like waiting for Steph to do something and Kelly Oubre has been guilty of that on multiple occasions. You just look around and he's he's just not moving his feet. And I mean, the fact that Kelly Oubre could play thirty minutes of basketball against a team like Denver, who again, we're not talking about a top flight defensive team. It's not, it's not the Clippers out there. It's the freaking Denver Nuggets. Uh, and and Kelly Oubre over thirty minutes has two field goal attempts inside the three point arc, like. I mean, to me, that's unacceptable, and and that's where Steve Kerr needs to take a good, long look. They need to break down some film, whether it's Coach Collins, Coach Adams, I don't care who it is, Coach Brown. So we got to sit down with that guy and be like, hey, Kelly, if... If you're going to live out on the perimeter, it's probably not going to go well here for you in Golden State. Like, he needs to initiate more. He needs to to put that ball on the floor and attack. And even if teams collapse on him and his shot's not there, give it up. Keep the ball moving. But you have to initiate the action. If he's chilling out on the perimeter,
2: he's bailing the other team out right now. It's a tricky dynamic for the Warriors because so many of the shots in this offense for that position are open threes. And, and he just and, and he's getting open threes, and he's not making them. And I think if there's another problem for his game, it's the fact that he really has a hard time putting his head down and going to the basket and then making the right basketball play. Uh, he 's just not a good passer, and i know i 've made this this uh, used this analogy before it 's like a quarterback that just doesn 't see the field properly uh, and, and can 't read the defense and, and in terms of passing so i 'm speaking specifically about Ubre's pat he just he just doesn 't see it and and doesn 't seem willing to to make it in terms of that play. Now, it's one thing if you're out high, and it's do I want to take this shot or do I want to pass it to the the wing and keep moving? I think those are the kinds of simple plays that he can make, but as far as putting his head down and going to the basket, it almost feels like it better be there for him in terms of the finish because trying to make a pass out of that is – it's just not a part of his game that, that he can execute, uh, unfortunately. And I think the thing that's got the Warriors stymied with him right now is just the fact that that in their wildest dreams, they never would have imagined that he would have such a rough time knocking down open threes. Because it's just so much worse than it's ever been at any point in his career. And the Warriors' offense, as it's intended to function is getting him those looks. So I yeah. think it's just the ultimate in frustration because you're thinking, damn, if just a few more of these are going in, the whole thing looks like it's working better, and then that takes some of the pressure off of Ubre to constantly have to be thinking about what the right basketball play is because that's been a part of this thing too, is he's looked like a guy that's, that's you know, spinning in his head and, and doesn't know what to do half the time, and that's leading him to make the wrong decision.
1: No question. And it's totally in his head. And, you know, you, you watch Clay Thompson uh, play this role in this offense, and it's just its straight-up muscle memory, right? He doesn't need to think it. He can be totally reactionary because he doesn't need to think about it. And everything is coming natural to him. You could tell a like Kelly Oubre thinking about where he is at every point, and, and he's thinking, should I take this shot? Should I not take it? It's like, no, nah, man. And, and we saw this with Harrison Barnes, like, towards the end of his Warrior tenure with those corner threes. It's like, no, nah, man, you have to take that shot. Like, when the, when the offense creates it, you have to take it the problem is he went through that for you know 6 7 games and and had a you know historically a horrible start from beyond the arc. So clearly that's still looming in his head. Uh, And a guy like Kelly Oubre, he's not Clay Thompson. Like, he's not just going to be, you know, a a catch-and-shoot guy. Like, he he needs, for him to be at his best, he needs to put the ball on the floor a little bit more. He needs to attack. Kelly Oubre, he's a dunker. He's a slasher. And so if he's not doing those type of things right now, shooting the rock the way he is, for me, he's bailing out the defense. Every time he shoots a three right now, the defense feels like, yep, we just won that possession.
2: Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. He's Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson. Uh, we'll we'll go ahead and pause here and come back. We'll hear more from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. We'll also hear from James Wiseman as well as the Nuggets get the better of the Dubs tonight. One fourteen to one o four. Both teams now six and six. The Warriors. Back in the Bay Area tomorrow, it'll be an off day for them and then a practice day on Saturday before heading Sunday to L.A. where they will take on the Lakers on Monday. Tomorrow night's game postponed, uh, scheduled to play in Phoenix where the Warriors, but the Suns dealing with some COVID issues that have had their week basically get postponed on them. A game last night. Tomorrow night's game, and obviously also Saturday night's game. They had a home back-to-back. All three of those now PPD. So 9-5-7-0. If you want to weigh in on that, we'll come back here. It's Warriors wrap up with JD and Covey at ninety five seven. The game.
3: And wearing a white headband and bright red sneakers. Takes it across the timeline. Accelerates over to Curry. Curry quick release and a splash. An odd release there from Curry. But he knocked it down at the one-point game. Denver on top. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 7 The Game.
2: Rough night for the Warriors. Nuggets beat the Dubs 114-104. to 104. Steph Curry did have 35 points in this ballgame. 14 for 23. Curry knocked down 5 of 11 from 3. Did have 7 turnovers, however. And the Warriors lose this season for the first time when Curry goes for 30 or more. Now 5-1. and one on the season when Curry goes for 30 or more. One and five uh, when Stephen Curry doesn't. Obviously they got the win against Toronto on Sunday when Stephen Curry was held under that 30-point mark. Eight 957 eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero. That's the phone number to participate in the program. Still time for some calls here between now and eleven o'clock. If you want to weigh in on this Warriors team, what you like, what you don't like at 6 and 6. Uh, let's keep it moving here and, and hear a little bit more, Covey, from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, following this ball ballgame. Uh, l- let's hear from the head coach on uh, the turnovers. We talked about this in the, in the first segment, that the turnovers trying to force the ball to Wiseman. Now, Steve Kerr talked about that uh, in his postgame Zoom.
4: I think so. I think I don't think our guys are comfortable yet throwing lobs to him. So as a result, you know, last game and tonight, we've tried to bounce pass, passes to him in the lane, tried to thread the needle. And some of that is just the connection that has to be made. James have to, has to figure out the spacing on those plays. You know, young guys tend to get too close to the rim. You know, they, they want to get right next to the rim when somebody's driving. And, and uh, sometimes it's actually better to, to space out a little bit, get to the dunker spot, six, eight feet. You know outside the, the the hoop and and give the passer an angle, so all of those things are going to come as he gains more experience and our guys get more comfortable playing with him
2: that to me is the simplest thing, the easiest, quickest fix to where the warriors can can really uh, become a better offensive basketball team because they are they're leaving three or four of those out there a night, whether it's a turnover or it's a, a ball that Wiseman gets and he's got to turn and shoot a little quick flip, you know, seven or eight footer that, that he just doesn't make it because it's a little bit rushed. When they get that down, it's going to make an immediate impact. I mean, it's, it's a plus six or a plus eight right off the bat, I think, every single night.
1: Yeah, they, they kick away opportunities that, quite frankly, should be easy buckets, and, and they put themselves in a position, you know, a couple of good passes, guys are where they're supposed to be, they make the right play, uh, right up until the point where it's the delivery to James Wiseman, where where he gets it, when they decide to feed it to him, the the, the angle of the pass, I mean, there's so many different things, and, and oftentimes, you know, it's just that one split second, JD, is all it takes for a guy to rotate over, for the defender to challenge the shot, uh, for Wiseman to to just be at a, a slightly tough angle. And, and he's, you know, obviously he's a, a really good shooter, and, and I think he's going to be an adept finisher when it's all said and done, but just put him in a little bit better position to succeed. And you're right. I mean, it can oftentimes be the difference of, you know, two or even three or four buckets in a game. And, I mean, let's face it, when we're talking about a 10 point game, you know, it doesn't take much to make this a much closer game down the stretch. Just a few buckets and a few less turnovers.
2: And, and it'll help the the flow. I think everybody will feel better. You, you hit no that doubt. dunk; it it juices everybody up, and it and it I think leads to better defense on the other end. I think at times this Warriors team is going to have to battle some of the frustration that they feel on the offensive side, bleeding over and leading them to maybe not play as good a defense, uh, and and that could just be really problematic for this team because they need their defense to hold them up uh, to begin with. Yeah, no question. And, and you know, the, even in some of the games, uh,
1: you know, the Clippers games stand out in particular for me where, you know, they weren't necessarily getting uh, – at stretches they weren't doing a lot offensively, but the defensive intensity stayed intact. That's tough to maintain though, right? I mean, you know, especially it can be really deflating when you know in the flow of your offense you should have just got an easy bucket and, and instead you either turn it over or you miss the shot. Like that just – that's a collective letdown for everybody. And I, I'd be interested to see, like – what what the possessions after those look like you know if, if we started tracking that jd like after you miss an opportunity to get weissman an easy bucket what it looks like on the other end right because they're just a natural letdown uh and then everybody's kind of out of position and the other team gets a chance to get out and run instead of you know taking the ball out of the net and, and throwing it in so it's again it's a it's a trickle down effect and so you're right and, and it also like you said nothing like a little james weissman jam get the bench going get everybody feeling pretty good. Uh, and I think two JD, it'll come, it will, um, but it's it's going to take a little bit of time, and nobody wants to hear that right now because they want this team to win and be good and see optimal James Wiseman. But uh, he's going to need a little help along the way to to hit that point.
2: And Wiseman was, I, I thought tonight was one of one of Wiseman's better games, and it's it, it's interesting because he he played more minutes tonight, twenty seven. He scored eighteen points. Uh, if there is one little mini trend, and Wiseman's had good games when the Warriors have won, but uh, it it did feel a little bit like those first two games of the year, and I don't know whether it was the, the national TV, uh, you know, TNT game tonight. It was the TNT hmm. game against Brooklyn in the opener, the ABC game on Christmas. I don't know what it is, but but all three of those games felt similar to me. The only difference really was Curry was going off, and that was keeping the game from being a blowout. If Curry had had a rough night, uh, this game would have been uh, an ugly blowout, maybe akin to the the first two uh, games of the season. But they've all had that vibe of, Nobody can really make a shot. The energy's kinda down. Uh, the, the defensive intensity isn't there. But Wiseman's playing really well, bright lights, uh, again against some of the good teams. He was he was pretty good tonight overall and I thought he did a nice job. We're gonna hear from Steve Kerr in just a second. I thought he did a nice job on, on, on Jokic, but my yeah. goodness, I mean Jokic Jokic is just a stud. Dude, he's a
1: he's a point guard in a seven footer's body. Like it's absolutely nuts. And you know, you look up at the half. He had five, four, and six at the half. Like he's <laughs> clearly even at that point, he's damn near on pace for a triple double, which obviously he would end up getting. He went eighteen, ten, and five in the second half. I, I thought actually Weissman did a really nice job. He even yammed on him in the first half. So for his first showing against against Nikola Jokic, not too shabby for James Weissman. But collectively, the rest of the Warriors didn't do enough. And you're not used to seeing big men passing like that. Uh, from down on the block or from really from anywhere. Um, but he, he sets up guys for a lot of great looks because he commands so much attention. He's, he's on a whole nother level, man. I mean, he's, he's probably entered that conversation, J.D., certainly of a top 10 player in the NBA. He might even be top five and, and maybe even the best center in the NBA if you consider Anthony Davis a power forward. He probably is the best center in the NBA.
2: And they run everything through them, and right now the Nuggets are 6-6, six and six, and they obviously have aspirations to be much better than that, and I think they'll get there. They, they look like a team to me that's really dealing with the, the, the bubble fatigue. I know there, there's a couple of teams, I mean, they went deep in it, and they just haven't looked right, and have been dealing with some injuries and things early, early in the year, but, but Jokic is the one, he's the one guy for them that's held them up to be 6-6 six and six when they haven't played well, right? Like, the Nuggets yeah. are looking at it like, we've been awful, and we're 6-6. Six and six, And we're starting yeah. to figure it out, right? So, they, like, but, but the reason they're able to do that is because of how dominant uh, the Joker has been. I mean, he's just a terrific, terrific player. Let, let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr, uh, more specifically on Wiseman and going up against the Joker.
4: Well, it's a great lesson for him. Jokic is obviously an all-star and, you know, MVP candidate. I thought James did a pretty good job staying down and not biting on fakes and and using his athleticism, but at this point, you know, Nikola is so far advanced in just the details of the game that, you know, there there wasn't there wasn't any way James was going to slow him down, but I thought he did some good things out there.
2: Yeah, did and and that really that's all you can do. Uh, you know, hold your own, make a couple of plays, and you know just don't get embarrassed and I, I think so far so good I, I think if we're ranking the James Wiseman games uh, in the first 12 of, of this season I, I think that's a that's a top three or four kind of a game I, I think it was a better game than than even the the first two games uh, of the season where basically it was you know him knocking down a lot of three-pointers and 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 really you could see him feeling, feeling himself out and feeling himself through things. So I, I think that's a top four or five game for him. Yeah,
1: it's, it's definitely his best two-way game, and certainly is, I think it was his best defensive game, especially when you consider the competition he went up against. This was a, a huge step for James Weissman tonight,
2: absolutely. Let's get to Tenderloin Dad. Tenderloin Dad, you're up here on uh, Warriors Wrap-Up. Thanks for joining us here on a Thursday night. You're on 95.7 The Game.
5: Hey, J D Covey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good to hear. You know, uh I have to say I really like uh JD and Covey. You guys are talking well about Wiseman. I I agree, I think this is one of his best games. And uh I he showed out tonight and there was a, a lot of times out there when he yammed when he was throwing down those yams where he looked good. And I think that's something the Warriors need to start developing is you're seeing he's very vocal, trying to get that pick and roll going. I mean, he was asking for a lot from Damian Lee tonight. They totally missed that, and that turned into a turnover. The Warriors really need to focus on getting this offense going because they're selling out tough on the defensive end, and I just don't feel like it's conducive. They, you know, they get the ball over on the defensive end and can't do anything on the offense. They're missing layups, you know, and I think they just need to get back into a rhythm, and you can really feel the difference with Clay and Marquise Chris being out for the season. You notice this, but... Hopefully they can develop more of a rhythm, and I want to see more locks to Wiseman. I want to see him take it to a whole nother level of the game. Shouts out, Master P. Good night, you <laughs> Thanks. I've been calling for it.
2: <laughs> that's that's great. No, we appreciate the call. Uh, at some point, and look, we were really talking about this after those first couple of games. Like, When is it going to turn into the Steph and, and Wiseman show? And I think the, the – the Warriors started playing better, and and in the Warriors playing better, Wiseman maybe he was still flashing, but it, it wasn't as necessary for him to be uh, putting up numbers. And so I think the, the Warriors benefited from that, and he could he could play sixteen, seventeen, eighteen minutes a game, and and make varying degrees of of an impact, and and kind of learn. And the Warriors were able to function at some point. And I don't know how far we are away from it or how close we are to it, but at some point this thing is going to have to turn, I think, a little bit more into – Stefan Wiseman and Draymond in terms of looking to score and and then also looking to have the offense run through those three guys. And maybe Wiggins and Oubre have to have to fit in a little bit off of that. When that group is on the floor together is is what I'm talking about. And look, maybe Wiseman just has to get more comfortable first. He's not quite there to be able to, to hold that, that load. But eventually it's going to have to get to that point, I think, if the Warriors are going to if they're going to lift themselves to a level above five eh, 500 some some good wins they, they beat all the, the bottom feeders they win uh, you know a few games here and there against some of the good teams and this is just what they are 36 37 38 win kind of a team if they're gonna if they're gonna be a level better than just a 500 team then at some point Wiseman's gonna have to join the party and be a major factor I, I just don't know if he's quite ready to make that step or start to make that step yet.
1: Yeah, no, I I think you're right. And I mean, if you think about it outside of Andrew Wiggins, who is consistently initiating offense from inside the three point line and you know, Steph. There's a damn good reason why Steph's shooting from beyond the arc. Well, because he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. I think Ubre. I know he's he's playing in the in the Klay Thompson role, but I'd still like to see him. Uh, you know, initiate and slash and drive a little bit more, but consistently. And I know Wiggins sh- will shoot his fair share of threes. Don't get me wrong, but he'll at least put the ball on the floor and try to go to his right and, and get to the cup. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, Draymond's not shooting the ball, and and you know, Pascal is the one guy on the second unit that's obviously willing to do that I mean he's he's really outside of of uh, of you know uh, outside of Wiggins he's probably the only one that does it with any consistency so if you think about along those lines Hell yeah, they need James Wiseman to do it. I mean, Draymond Green refuses to shoot the basketball. So um, somebody's going to have to shoot it down near the painted area, down near the restricted area. Uh, And so it's going to have to be James Wiseman. And the good news is, J.D., he's well-equipped to do it. They just got to figure out the best way to make it happen and not totally disrupt the flow of the offense and put him in the optimal position to get his shots off and and, in the flow of the offense as opposed to, you know, it, it being as kind of herky-jerky as it's been at times uh, the first 11 games, 12 games.
2: Let's hear a little bit from the Rook, couple of cuts here. Uh, first one, uh, he he talked about going up against uh, Nikola Jokic.
6: Man, he got like a lot of tricks, so I just had to make sure I just stay attentive every second that like that I was guarding him. Just like the way he spent off, Um I knew that I was supposed to get like an arm bar on him, but he got me on a spin move uh, with the N1, but I was just learning. So, like, each quarter I got better, and then he tried to hit me with a pump fake, but I didn't go for it. So, like, each quarter I was most definitely improving and getting better.
2: It's all about the baby steps, man. But it, it's just – the one thing I love about Wiseman, man, is he is just paying attention to everything. And and you could tell he's just fully engaged on on the whole NBA experience. Yeah, he's got a lot of tricks. He's got a lot of mm. tricks and And I just I, I mean I, it' it's one of my favorite aspects to watch you know, of this team is just him on a night in, night out, but even if the team isn't playing well uh, and, and maybe even especially on the nights where where they aren't playing well it, it's nice to just hone in on him and and, and watch what he 's doing and hear what he has to say.
1: Yeah, do the JD ISO cam on him and just watch him operate. Yeah, and, and the the plays talking about where Jokic gets the ball out on the block. I don't know about you know eight feet from the cup. That little left, that little quick left spin, and then oh, he yeah. reverse dunks it on him for the and one. It's like come on, man, he's seven foot. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And you know James Wiseman's a guy that's perfectly capable of of recovering in that situation and still getting up and either blocking that shot or contesting it. And Jokic knew that, so instead of just trying to go up hard and maybe get it blocked. He reversed it knowing, oh, there's no way he's he's coming up around the rim there to get me. So that was just savvy finishing from Jokic right there. Uh, and a good little lesson for James Wiseman right there. Uh, you know, welcome to uh, to Nikola Jokic's, uh, Jokic's house. Uh, it's a tough place to be and you're not the first dude, nor will you be the last, to get posterized a little bit.
2: One more from Wiseman uh, in the post-game Zoom room that I wanted to get to uh, because it's been a, a talking point on the show for us tonight. By the way, Warriors wrap up J.D. Covey here on a Thursday night, 114-104 to 104. Nuggets beat the Dubs uh, in case you're just joining us. Now 6-6 six and six, the Warriors are on the season. Uh, uh, and he addressed the turnovers uh, when – Teams are, are, are. I'm sorry. When the Warriors, uh, his teammates are, are trying to to target him around the basket.
6: Really, just trying to make sure that I be very vocal on my end. Just on the court, just make sure I just have this sign because they can throw it up and like they can see that. But uh, it's gonna take time because we're a new team. We like we building. Uh, we are trying to build our chemistry up together. So it's gonna take time, but it's coming together. But I just gotta make sure that I be vocal and just um, make sure that we just like in practice that we just have that chemistry. So in the game, it'd be easier. So.
2: A lot of it is about him getting in the right position, like Steve Kerr said. But a lot of it also is just—it's just either yelling or putting his arm up in in a in a spot where a player knows, all right, now I got to throw it. Like in that right. moment, it's the timing of all right. It's like kind of like hitting a receiver out of his break. Like you got to totally. throw it up at that at that right moment. Uh, to to where he can go up and get it, but he's also got to kind of whether it's just barking something out or yelling or or whatever it is, he's got to he's got to get it in line with with his teammates where it almost becomes second nature. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, where it's muscle memory, and you got to get the timing right too, to where the lobber is in position to get off you know, a, a lob, right? I mean, you know, because the other thing you don't want to do is is have him calling for balls and try and force a play uh, where, you know, the guy's not in position to throw a proper lob and, and get it on the money. So, you know, again, it's just, it's about getting that, that timing right and, and, you know, everybody just having that innate feel for where you're supposed to be. And, and here's the other thing, too, for me, JD, I want him to be hyper aggressive on the offensive end. Like, the defense, when you have that athleticism and that frame, like, it's going to come and, yeah, he's going to commit fouls, but while you're out there, get make the most of your time out there. When, on the offensive end, call for that ball. Be aggressive. Like that will give the Warriors' offense so much more balance. If they got somebody that can score with any consistency on the block, think about what you know having Pasco's little little jump shot arsenal does uh, for the Warriors' offense. It's just a different look and a little bit of versatility, and then it'll help you unlock some things. And, and guess what? When Wiseman gets even more comfortable, they'll throw it down on the block. They'll bring a double, and then Wiseman will kick it out to open shooters. So it it all in one hand. Washes the other in that respect. It's that inside-out game that when the Warriors were at their best, you know Andrew Bogut uh, w- was such a terrific passer in that respect. So um, you know Wiseman obviously isn't there yet, but that's when he'll be the finished product. JD, when you can get the lob game going when you want it, when that's there, when he can roll to the basket, oh yeah, or when you throw him down on the block, they double and he can kick out to an open shooter. Like that's that's when the Warriors' offense will have officially arrived. But yeah, as we have said many times, it'll take a little time.
2: One nugget I wanted to, to throw out uh, tonight, Anthony Slater had this of the Athletic, and I, I thought it was great. You mentioned the, the Warriors, they would get back in the game, and then the Nuggets would go on a little run. It was always just a little bit out of reach, and Anthony Slater had the minus 16 for it, it, to close the quarters with Looney and Pascal on the floor together. Uh, so into the first Thanks. quarter, into the third quarter, that's basically when the when the Nuggets made the most hay in, in the ball game tonight. Steve Kerr's been bringing Looney in to play the four for a couple of minutes uh, before he shifts over to play the five, and he takes Draymond Green out. And it's been it's been that group with with Steph out there at the end of the quarter, and those two out there, Bazemore and Wiggins were out there in the first half. It was Bazemore and Lee in the second half with Steph and then Looney and, and Pascal and that that group really got the Warriors bit uh, in the ball game tonight yeah. and it, it made Steph Curry's plus minus look pretty ugly too. Curry a minus twenty one, but sixteen of it were in those two little small stretches.
1: Yeah, and, and the run at the end of the third in particular. I mean, the Warriors had, had cut it down. Uh, you know, they were up, the Nuggets were uh, a- after the third quarter. Composo hit that three right at the end there, put the Nuggets up 14. The Warriors had tried to get a two for one, but Steph had kind of rushed it. And um, it really, by the time, you know, the, the rebound came down, there was about 23 seconds left. So the shot clock was turned off. So the Warriors didn't even get the two for one. Then Composo hits the three, and the Nuggets end up up 14 after three when the Warriors had gotten it down to six. And you thought, well, if you could end the quarter six, maybe eight. Eight, you got a chance 14 fourth quarter in Denver that's going to be a tough road to travel and you know they threatened again a little bit uh even into the fourth quarter They even started out on a 6-0 run but then it was that Barton uh he got the three and, and then the uh the and one on the three so the four-point play pushed it right back up to 12 and that was kind of all she wrote so yeah closing out the quarters uh the Warriors just got to be better at that because that's when they can make up some ground and, and get some good momentum going into the next frame
2: and for all the conversation here, kind of the final thought for all the conversation about the starters, the starters, the starters, and and the reason I wanted I made a note to bring that up uh, via Slater was the fact that it, it really wasn't the starters tonight. Like if you just look at a ten point game, you know that was you know Oubre wasn't on the floor for any of that. You know as much as he takes a lot of the heat, Wiggins uh, wasn't really on the floor. He, he was in the first half, not in the second half with with that group. So uh, it, it it it's just. It's nuance, but I think at times we have to really, you know, make sure we're honing in on the right things and getting the right data to back up. Uh, some of the frustrations that the fans are seeing on a night in, night out basis. Uh, good stuff tonight, Covey. That'll that'll do it. Uh, we are back tomorrow. Remember, no Warriors game uh, tomorrow, postponed in Phoenix. So the Warriors headed home, and then their next game is Monday. So the Warriors going to get a little three day break, a practice in on Saturday, and they'll take on the Lakers on Monday. The MLK holiday. We'll have Warriors live for you. That one, five thirty on Monday night right here on 95.7, the game. But uh, you and I are back tomorrow, 6 o'clock, full four hours of the final word. So looking forward to that. We'll be talking a lot of dubs. Obviously, Robert Sala, now the head coach of the Jets, and uh, looking ahead at the NFL weekend as well. So uh, that, that should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. We will talk to you then, Patna. Looking forward to it as always. All right, good stuff. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to uh, Ryan Covey. I'm John Dickinson for Sterling Bennett and Ryan Mauser and, and Bobby Spang. Uh, we appreciate the help of one and all tonight. Uh, Nuggets get the win over the Warriors in Denver, 114-104, as the Warriors now 6-6 six and six on this young season. We'll talk to you tomorrow night at 6 right here. Keep it locked on your home for Warriors basketball, 95.7 The Game.